Hello everyone, this is Dr. Nick Delgado. This is our podcast series as well as our webinar program. I'd like to introduce Dr. Sana, Sana Khan. Uh, you're both an MD and a PhD. You're an expert in MRI. MRI stands for? Magnetic Resonance Imaging. Yes, and you've done a lot of training and work out of UCLA and various other universities. Uh, you're a neurophysiologist, an anatomist, and a radiologist. So it's interesting that you, uh, your title or your training in radiology, one of the things that you've been investigating is the, shall I say, overexposure of x-rays. And although oftentimes we're told x-rays are safe, it's no more than just a small exposure, but multiple x-rays uh, as in the case of one study that you cited in my review of the literature you sent me was uh, about 25 x-rays on over 5,000 individuals showed a significant, in fact a percentage, was it as high as 75% higher rate of cancer in those individuals? Yeah, so that uh, particular study was a scoliosis study um, and in which they studied uh, 5,466 women um, girls uh, and then um, followed them for uh, several years and on the average uh, during their growth spurt they were getting x-rayed for the purposes of evaluation for scoliosis um, and that study showed that these girls had a 70% increased risk of breast cancer um, and they primarily attributed to the fact that they received x-rays during their growth spurt during the time that uh, their, their breast was in fact developing. Uh, of course, they weren't receiving for the purposes uh, of that. It was for scoliosis monitoring, but that's a problem. You know, it's a seven zero, seventy percent increase. Wow! And, and of course, for those who don't know, scoliosis um, is a tendency for the spine to almost take on an S shape. Correct? And you have developed a novel way to uh, really monitor individuals. So first, define what scoliosis is specifically, um, based on you know the standard definition. But what are you looking to do to help these people when you get these images to either an orthopedist or a chiropractor? I mean, there's various health practitioners that might want to help intervene once they understand what's going on, right? So the novelty of what we're doing is we're actually doing these imaging um, with MRI. Uh, and the reason the x-rays were utilized for the longest time and MRI was not is because you have to do the uh, imaging standing up. Uh, so the patients have to be erect and in, in, uh, with weight bearing for these full scoliosis to, to be determined. Uh, so, with this new technology uh, called the upright MRI, we actually have the patients uh, able to stand because the magnets are actually vertical. So, they're on the side of the patient. So, the patients can stand, they can sit, they can flex, extend. Uh, but in this particular scenario, uh, when the patients have to be standing, it's not a problem at all. With MRIs, there's no radiation. Nice. Um, so, and we've actually developed some very quick scanning techniques. So, the cost basis of this uh, is very similar to the x-ray. So, there really should be no reason why 
radiation should be given to these young women. So you're obviously getting beautiful images that are quite clear in terms of its contrast and its resolution, and it's comfortable for the patient, uh, you know, relative to whatever type of energy, injury they're presenting themselves with. Uh, but more importantly, the treatment outcome might vary because something may not be picked up on a lying flat MRI. Uh, the tissues tend to kind of relax and settle down, but it's maybe the patient says, hey, I, it really hurts, and it doesn't hurt until they're standing when they're in a functional position that might change. And with the uh, type of MRI you're doing, can you put them in different positions to kind of evaluate, or is it straight up or uh, flat? Uh, no, that's actually any and all of those positions, uh, because the, the way that the MRI is now developed, um, there is a table in the middle, uh -huh. and, the, and the table can fully rotate. Okay. So the idea really isn't so much of saying standing or sitting or laying down. The idea is in what position are you feeling your symptoms? Okay. And to scan the patient in the position that's actually causing the pain. So Dr. Nick, think about this. Yes. If a patient comes to you and says, my back really hurts when I bend right here, it really hurts. Why would you image that patient laying down? It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. If you have a tennis player that goes to serve and really hurts when they're up here about to serve, why image the patient with the shoulder down? The rotator, right. care, the rotator tough, uh, cuff tear may really show up maximally in the position when they're actually hurting. That's the concept. Right, so you're, you're looking at, for example, a timely treatment, as you pointed out, a lifelong benefit. And that uh, intervention, it may be that maybe a person doesn't have a treatment because the initial MRI, just based on standard technology of lying flat, would miss an obvious problem that could be picked up by this type of technology. That is correct. Okay. So when we then see pre and post treatment, we monitor the individual, we see corrections, we see improvements, getting to the cause of the pain and the problem, right? That's correct. Okay, so this, this is a tremendous breakthrough. Uh, and you have how many facilities throughout? Is it just in California? Or are they anywhere else in the United States? So currently, uh, my facilities are in California. Yes. Uh, but the technology is in different uh, areas of the country. Okay. Uh, Texas, New York, Florida. Got it. Uh, Nevada. Uh, so. Yeah. So an overview of the maps uh, here where your facilities are, all the way down to San Diego, San Bernardino, Los Angeles, Bakersfield, and up to... Visalia. Yeah, we're okay. actually uh, almost up to Northern California. We're just about done with one more location up in uh, okay. Hayward area. All right. <laughs> and so obviously you also contract with uh, those providers of PPO and workers' comp. Uh, the personal injury liens are accepted, right? Because th this is a big area of debate. Uh, does this person really have a, a clinical problem, right? That's correct. So it's not uncommon for us to actually get courts to order um, this type of an MRI okay. because the debate often is is does this patient really have an injury or doesn't right so so that being said in terms of uh, the the back treatment uh, the benefit of no radiation exposure. Even if there's multiple uh, imaging done, uh, it's zero because it, it, explain the magnet. How does this work? How does it differ from, um, say, an x-ray? I mean, what is, what is the differences? So I'm going to give you a MRI physics in 60 seconds. Okay. Uh, so basically, 73% of the human body is made up of water. Okay. And so each water molecule has two protons, right? You have H2O. And these are in spin in the body. And as an electric charge spins, there is a magnetic field that's created. That's kind of 
basics physics of it. Okay. What we do with the MRI is as we turn on the magnet, those random spins of the protons will get lined up with the magnetic field. Hmm. So they're all now facing in the same direction of spin. So when you take away that magnetic field, then they go back to their regular spins, but they let out the energy that was added to them. That energy is then detected by these antennas called coils, and that different aspect of the energy defines how much water content a tissue has. So we may be looking at, for example, the liver, and you see the normal liver parenchyma, and then all of a sudden you see an area that's darker, because that area may have more or higher water content. It may be a cancerous area, where it has, because cancer cells are more hydrated, um, or it could be a cyst, right, or potentially aneurysm, you, but you see that there is an abnormality right. because of the signal being received by that area differentiates from the normal signal of that tissue. Okay. So MRIs are very interesting. You can differentiate many, many different um, aspects and chemicals from it. So thinking about, for example, this particular image, you're talking about weight-bearing and other organ systems. Right. So you're able to evaluate bladder, uterine, prolapse. I mean, give me some a rundown mm -hmm. of some of the other um, so, images. Yeah, so, so basically when you're looking at um, uh, prolapse, in, uh, particularly in elderly women, you have bladder, uh, bladder and uterine prolapse. Uh, and so there, you're looking at something called the pubococcygeal line, mm -hmm. and if the uterus and the bladder are below that line, then that's abnormal. Okay. But if it's above that line, then it's within normal limits. So basically, um, if you scan the patient laying down, uh, that's not going to give you the full extent of how gravity weighs on those organs. Right. And incontinence typically happens in a erect upright position not in laying down position. So now you may say, well, you know, the doctor understands the patient is incontinence and there may be some prolapse. But in today's world, often the insurance companies, in order to allow treatment, mm -hmm. they want an objective, they want objective finding, they want objective data. And so if we do an MRI with the patient laying down and, do, and don't see the uterine uh, bladder prolapse, the insurance company then really doesn't know to authorize this treatment or not, whereas a scan that shows that there is prolapse, it's an easy um, authorization to give. Good point. Um, we've uh, investigated using what's called a Tesla Max, and since the body is electric and generates uh, 15 million volts per cubic centimeter and the mitochondria 30 million volts, it's interesting that you can apply electrodes above and below in the pelvic region, and it'll actually, unlike the attempt to do Kegel muscles contractions, for example, if the muscle structure is too weak, you have to stimulate it with a deeper type of contraction. So we're evaluating some very non-invasive, simple ways to help people to uh, overcome uh, issues with uh, a poor structure, a bladder structure, where they have uh, leaky pipes, if you will, they're urinating uncontrolled. Uh, this is a growing problem for the, the senior population. And uh, so we, we really need to evaluate these things. So, so if, we, if we also say, for example, look at kyphosis or conge congestive heart failure, what's going on with this t particular technology with MRI? Yeah, so what happens is it's not uncommon that a patient may need uh, a brain MRI. Okay. But they may have uh, kyphosis, which is basically bending of the spine uh, mm -hmm. such that the 
patient cannot lay down. Or somebody has congestive heart failure, they oh. can't lay down because they can't breathe in a laying down position. Right, right. So they may not be getting an MRI of the heart. They may actually be getting it for purposes of other evaluation. Okay. With a regular traditional MRI, they just can't get it. So with this technology, they can be sitting while the MRI is being done and not be affected by uh, the, con the, the condition of congestive heart failure kyphosis. Excellent. Okay, so that makes sense. And children, uh, some children are very uncomfortable when they're having an MRI. Do they have to sit rather still? And what's going on with the need for sedation or not in this type of technology with MRI? So most adults are uncomfortable even <laughs> in, in MRIs. Um, I'm not sure how many of your audience have had an MRI. If you've okay. had one and you've gone to the tunnel, yeah. um, you know, I, I have those kind of machines as well. But most people don't feel very comfortable. They feel they're like they're buried oh. in there. Um, so, uh, and then kids, if you put them, children, uh, young children, into the tunnel, they are very afraid. Right? They don't have this ability to say, okay, you know what, this exam is going to be over in you know, 20 minutes. Right. Um, so they get very fidgety, they get very uncomfortable. So with this technology, because there's, again, it's a front open design, uh -huh. so the patients literally watch television. <laughs> while the MRI is being done. Okay. So the kids can actually be watching cartoons. Nice. Um, and their mom can actually be, um, you know, sitting there with the child in her lap while the MRI is being done. Beautiful. So it's very comfortable. And normally speaking, with children, yes. you have to sedate them. Okay. You have to have them in the hospital with an oh, anesthesiologist present. Gee. And then if you ever had your child or any child watching them going through sedation and as they're going out, your heart just goes out. Sure. And there's always risk with sedation. As yes. Well. So this technology allows us to actually scan children without having to give them any. Wow, okay. fantastic. And there's the ability to scan heavier patients up to 500 pounds, right? So tell me about that. Uh, so typically in the traditional MRI, which is circular, you're, the weight limit is about 350 pounds, 350. Okay. Um, and so uh, with this technology, it's, uh, it's higher to about five. I've done patients up to 520 pounds. But the neat thing about this is that there's nothing in front of the patient, so the girth of the patient actually doesn't affect too much. Oh. So you can get heavier patients in there and they can, they can be comfortable while they're getting the MRI done. Uh, in fact, uh, we, part of our practice is doing professional athletes. Oh. So we do football players uh, that are heavy, you basketball players. you got some players. big boys, yeah. Yeah, well, and they fly in from different oh. places to get their MRIs done uh, yeah. in a machine because they can't actually fit any other type of machine. Oh, I see. Wow. So this also lends to a more accurate diagnosis overall, right? That's correct. Uh, that's correct because gravity matters. <laughs> right? So because right. we're, you know, uh, if you look at a chart that we're presenting here, mm -hmm. uh, the least amount of pressure on the spine is when the patient is laying down. Okay. The greatest amount of pressure actually is not when they're standing. Okay. It's when they're sitting flexed. Oh. And it's, it's about an 1100% increase in pressure within the disc space. Uh huh. In essence, Dr. Nick, it's like lifting a 25-pound weight right. versus a 275-pound weight. So it's a pretty big difference, right? Mm -hmm. So um, imagine now that you have instability in certain areas of the spine. And if you, if you look at the right side of this image, you can see this is the same patient. Okay. Who, within 10 minutes apart, these images were taken. And without weight bearing on the left side, you can see that the alignment of the lower part of the spine, the lumbar spine, looks okay. Right. 
But if the same patient you see in weight-bearing, you can see that the, not only the alignment is off, mm -hmm. but there is instability at one of the levels, the L3, L4 level, where the L4 vertebral body is going back and hitting the lower portion of the spinal cord called the cauda equina. Okay. So this patient now has a definitive diagnosis of cauda equina syndrome okay. and can be handled. The left side image, uh, the, the same patient, may not may have a very different not may would have a very different treatment plan than the image that you see on the right side i see and even if a clinician understands that clinically speaking again uh, getting the insurance companies to authorize treatment is much easier when you actually see the injury see the pathology versus that makes not. sense that makes sense good okay so when we're looking at then the specific advantages the multi-position symptom specific MRI, it's certainly much more accurate. It minimizes claustrophobia. Uh, people can watch television during the MRI. Uh, it, it makes for an upright positional MRI front open design advantage. So this is something that you were able to keep up with the technology and then bring it into your facilities. Is, is that the, the etiology or the origin? Uh, so I was actually um, involved with the company that makes the machine uh, they're called Fonar out of New York uh -huh. um, and uh, I've been involved with them in terms of research and development and techniques as well as uh, publications of research since uh, since its inception so I was actually the first radiologist in the country uh, with the technology so so where are the advantages of MRI and then where would you do other types of imaging that maybe MRI cannot really get for us? For example, the image of the heart, the heart's moving fairly rapidly. What, what's going on with that? That's correct. So the enemy of MRI is motion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have something that is moving, that's why you tell the patients to be very still okay. in the MRI machine. Um, and so uh, that's why when you do cardiac scanning, mm -hmm. typically it's done with the CAT scan, a okay. CT scanner. Um, so the other, other um, things you can use in imaging is uh, something called PET scan, right? Positron emission tomography. Okay. When we're looking at uh, potentially cancer and it's spread in the body, uh, we're able to actually tag or tracer, put tracers in. Um, that will then specifically go to that type of tissue or that cancer tissue and attach it and then it lights up on the image uh, which is something we can't uh, do as well with an MRI. Okay. Uh, so you know every uh, modality has its advantage, has its disadvantage. Mm -hmm. um, the, the best thing with, with MRI is uh, the, the fact that you know you don't have any radiation and any rate, you asked a question earlier yes. about amount of radiation and how many x-rays are safe versus not. Right. There is no such thing as safe radiation. You know, good point. Uh, including at the airports, so don't have anybody fool you to thinking wow. <laughs> because they're yeah. So you need this frisk line. You forget the the walk through the, the machine. I'm perfectly okay with the frisk line versus the walk. Get a the free machine. massage, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. That's true. Well, so th that being in, uh, kept in mind, are there certain forms of cancer uh, that are able to be detected at a certain stage? Uh, does MRI is it used at times to evaluate uh, cancer? Very often, yeah. Okay. Uh, particularly when you're talking about the brain um, or uh, further evaluation of uh, other soft tissues. So x-rays, um, CAT scans are not as specific um, as MRIs in terms of soft tissue analysis. 
Um, so if you're looking for cancer in areas uh, specifically, say the brain or uh, actually any part, right, liver or kidneys, um, you know, uh, you're going to use uh, an MRI more readily than you would x-ray or CAT scans. Okay, so the, the cost factor might be a little bit more for the MRI, but the safety factor is 100% perfect because there, you're no exposure to the radiation. So is, is that just cost versus uh, utilization in some of these matters? Or education, well, you know, people just don't know this is a good way to go. Interestingly enough, the cost of the MRIs has come down significantly okay. as well. Um, so it certainly used to be, and anytime you have new technology, there's more cost right. to it than other time. But now there is some matured technology. Um, the cost basis is, is not that different from CAT scan. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars more. Okay. Uh, but certainly with CAT scan, you're getting a lot more radiation uh, than with MRI, you have none. So, yeah. but however, let me just say also that uh, for certain things, we're looking at bony tissue, mm -hmm. um, MRIs are not as good as the CTs or x-ray. Okay. So again, you know, it's a trade-off, but I, I think wherever you can do an MRI, I believe we, that we should. Now, I own all the different types of technologies, but um, we, we really want to do what's best for the patient as best as we can, right? So I know there's a little bit of a confusion about the measurements. Uh, millisevets, uh, MSEV is it, and then there's some other types of nomenclatures. It gets a little confusing when you're trying to compare exposure levels of various types of treatments and therapies or uh, evaluations, right? Yeah, uh, so, so, and also there's even, you know, difference between researchers as to what they feel about the different types of exposures and, and what's significant and not. Uh, my recommendation really is that um, depending on what it is that you're going to do, really have a nice chat with, if it's a, if it's a radiology-based um, uh, procedure you're going through, then take a few minutes with your radiologist and talk to them because they're happy to talk to you. There's nobody typically talks to radiologists. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we're kind of in the buried in the basement kind of people. Uh, but um, I would definitely talk to the radiologist or the oncologist if it's somebody who's going through cancer. Um, they know a lot, um, but they have to be asked sometimes. Okay, so this is fantastic, uh, Dr. Sana Khan. You are an expert in MRI. We now have an insight of some better ways to evaluate structural problems, scoliosis, um, back pain, neck pain, uh, various types of joint issues before and after stem cell treatment might be quite fascinating to see uh, the improvements, particularly if you're looking at cartilage. Uh, we, of course, have evaluated and discussed then the issue of uh, exposure and risk of cancer, which is 70% higher uh, in those who are having multiple uh, x-rays. And no x-rays is best. Even one x-ray is more exposure than one should undergo if we have an alternative, right? That's correct. Okay. Dr. Nick Delgado saying, be well, be strong. If you like this segment, please share it and uh, please uh, drop some questions to us and we'll make sure Dr. Khan gets those questions and we're on top of it to answer on YouTube. Uh, we'll respond on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, whatever your favorite media. And at our blog, please, if you want more information, go to nickdelgado.com and then just click on any of the areas that you're most interested in. Put in the search uh, MRI and you'll find this particular 
discussion and how you can be best served. Thank you very much. Thank you.